Hello! What should I say? <laughs> Hello! And welcome to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast, episode 86. And we are doing a special PPC episode on National Star Wars Day, ladies and gentlemen. May the 4th be with you. Indeed. I am your host, Stuart Butler, Jedi Knight, and I'm joined today with Phil Fariska. <clears throat> hey, everybody. Welcome back. And Pete DeMeo. Hey, everybody. And the bazooka himself, Razuka Bazooka. What up? Jeremy Razook. What's up? Not much. I'm back. You let me come back in? I know. Melissa actually graciously said you could stand in for her today, even though she's here, because she said, in her words, that you're more of an expert than she is on this subject. We'll see about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be judging. Don't you fret. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's National Star Wars Day. Are you guys excited? Are you doing anything special? Um, n- no. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any cool masks or co- sorry uniforms that I can wear. Yeah, they're not costumes. They're, they're not uniforms. costumes or uniforms. Um, you're not gonna watch any Star Wars movies today. I mean, probably. Like if not. I had my way, I'd literally go home and watch all eight that I, nine that I have. Start, on start DVD. to finish. Yeah. Start at the beginning. Yeah, it'd be great. Eighteen hours of nonstop shenanigans. It'd be fun. Pete. Nothing. nothing 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 i might go home and maybe order a pizza or something is it going to be a death star shaped pizza navi pepperoni infused pizza well, you pepperoni can shape. you can shape the pepperonis <laughs> like it's the death maybe, star. maybe that's go. what i'll do jeremy are you gonna star wars it uh i'll probably watch the phantom menace a few times <laughs> and i'll call and let you know how it was you got you so <laughs> off guard right there <laughs> like wow <laughs> of all the movies to pick <laughs> Hey, so there's some controversy in the world of Fueligans and, and of the podcast, so I wanted to share this. So so we had a couple of folks that have suggested that we should reduce the amount of uh, malarkey that we do on this show. Case in point right now. Would we increase our tomfoolery? You know, I think there has to be a balance between shenanigans, malarkey, and tomfoolery. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like we have a good balance. I threw it out on Twitter this week just to see what um, folks would say. You know, what, were the, what was the response? Because cause there's the argument that if, if we jibber-jabbered less and focus more on hotel marketing, then the show would only be 30 minutes instead of an hour and people could you know, consume it more efficiently. But then, you know, I feel like part of what makes this fun, you know, is entertainment, right? We're competing for people's ear holes with other things that they're doing for entertainment. I so. think it'd be so dry if we sat yeah. here and just spit the facts. I mean, imagine last week's episode, right? We did the the ADA compliance. ADA. And if we hadn't made any jokes about and ADA, it wouldn't have made any sense. You know, no one would have wanted to listen to that. Well, so. you drove me crazy, so maybe I'm on board. Okay. <laughs> so the, in, in honor of that, this week is we're going to be doing PPC. PPC. No, PPC. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so I look back, guys. We we have not done an episode really focusing specifically on on PPC, and we'll probably primarily talk about AdWords. Would be my guess here, because actually a lot of this pertains to, to both, both Bing and yes. and AdWords. But you know, we haven't really dug into this since you know how long ago we're on episode eighty six now. Guess what episode it was that we last really dug into this? What number? Three. It was number two. Yeah, the third episode. So we did one on OTA Reliance, we did one on um, mobile apps, and then we did one on paid advertising for hotels. So it's it's long overdue. It's, over, it's almost two years ago that we, we talked about it. We're well, about to rock your socks with some PPC. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we've talked about it almost in every podcast a little bit, but you're right, we've never dedicated you know, in the last over a year Yeah just to the topic so this is long overdue and, and we get to see a lot of ppc account you know we get access to adwords accounts and whatnot and um you know look to see what people are doing and you know a lot of people do the basics okay but there's a lot of kind of little things you can do to really improve the you know click-through rate the conversion rate the overall performance of the campaign that you know just a little bit more effort can just squeeze a little more juice out well, of these campaigns a lot of what we're going to cover today is is basic i mean it's 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 basic ppc 
knowledge. You should be doing these things. But like you said, we take over a lot of accounts and a lot of the accounts we take over aren't right. doing this stuff. So this is kind of why I thought we should bring it up. Right. So case in point, we, we were out evaluating it. It was a large group of properties. You know, they have over 100 properties and we were looking at their campaigns. And just just as an example and a, and a teaser towards what we're going to be talking about, they had the same exact ad copy and the same exact landing page for every single ad group and every single campaign that they were running. They, they had two, 300 campaigns across yeah. like 2,200 ad groups and every single one had the same ad copy and landing page. It's laziness. Well, we need to fix it. it yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it's naivety or, or laziness or, or lack of focus or what, but it, it shouldn't happen in 2018. Agreed. When you're managing Pupuka, anyway, it shouldn't, it shouldn't happen. So, but before we jump into our PPC 101 episode, we're going to see, Pete, what is going on in the newsies. All right. Well, we have just one news item for today, and I think it's a pretty, pretty interesting one. This came out on Headline News on the 2nd, and it's an infographic called How Guests Want Loyalty to Interact with Technology. And... I have another name for for this podcast for this infographic. infographic called the Headline News Now Infographic of Muerte de un Toro, which is Spanish for bullshit. <laughs> Your Spanish <laughs> is garbage. P P G, dude. Oh, I'm not allowed to say that one. I don't think we can say shit on this show. I heard I it know. on the radio. It's fine. Yeah. We can say. Shit? Well, that's yeah. why I changed it to Spanish. Okay, but but then you translate it. Ah, okay. Well, they can just skip ahead. Okay. If you've already listened to this and it offends you, skip ahead or rewind then skip ahead. Oh, go also, back to time, then go if, back. If you think our podcast is too long, go ahead and hit your one and a half time speed right now and just listen to us like Alvin mm. and the Chipmunks. Yeah. But before you do that, and I actually I always listen to everything at one and a half speed, and it is so frustrating I, when I'm I talking to someone. Speed, just saying. Well, it makes uh-huh. me very frustrated when talking to people in real life because especially everybody at this table, you're not speaking as fast as I'm used to listening to you on the podcast. <laughs> it makes it it's very frustrating. You know what's worse is when, like, sometimes I listen to audiobooks as well, and I'll do one and a half, two speed, whatever. And then a couple of times that my family have wanted, like, we're going on a long trip, we've wanted to listen to something. And my kids <laughs> and my wife, they, they will not listen to anything above one speed. And it literally sounds like slow motion to me at this point. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, I mean, it's hard having these superpowers, but yeah. Right. So anyway, this infographic does have some good information in it, and it's all based on data from an Oracle study looking at how hotel guests specifically want to interact with properties and how loyalty can play a role in that. Just some of the stats that come out of this are, one, 83% want to use points for experiences offered based on their social media profiles and preferences. Such a weird way to... Like, I would love to see the actual questions they pose. Yeah, I would too, because one, I understand that 83% wanting to be able to have instant gratification. Yeah. Do you want free stuff when you stay with me? Yes. Clearly, yes, right? But to use, get, say it again, to get points based on my social media interactions? What? I don't even really know what that means. This was clearly not an unprompted question for someone to type that. But I don't even fully understand what they're really saying. Like if I click yeah. like on their page, do I get point magical points? Fake My understanding points? is this is based on people who have loyalty programs with a property would rather use them for, you know, on say, you know, I, I'm gonna redeem 500 points for a discount on my breakfast. I get that, but how does social media come into it? That's what I don't get. Yeah, I don't yeah. either. So the next one is 88% want a mobile app that supports functions like mobile check-in, check-out, and allows for a personalized experience. That's pretty straightforward. That matches up a lot with some of the data that we have that says people do want and expect apps that can improve their hotel Yeah, strategy. even if they're not going to necessarily use it, having the choice, I think, is important, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people go in the other extreme where they're saying, you know, we don't need people checking folks in anymore. We can go either touch screens at the desk or mobile exclusively. I think you're missing the point. I think, to me, it's about choice, for each individual guest. There's times when I'm a business traveler, I don't want to interact with anyone. Mm-hmm. But then there's times when I'm on a vacation with my family and I've never been to that destination before. I want to stop and talk to the person at the front desk 
and get to know about the destination. But, but that's the big difference between forced interaction and voluntary interaction. Right. If I'm going to a hotel, uh, all I want to do is I've been forced to do stuff for the whole year. This is my vacation. I want to voluntarily interact with you. But if I have to stand in line to check in while everybody is frustrated, that doesn't work well. If I can voluntarily go to the front desk and ask for you know, restaurant suggestions, that, that's great. But when I check in, just make it good on my phone. Yeah. Hey, if if someone wanted a mobile app that allowed the guests to check in and check out and buy additional services and you know get drive a lot of extra revenue to their property, what what would you suggest they did? I would start and end with Guest Express or GuestExpressApp.com. Oh, is that the product that we created? Is this the shameless plug of the episode right now? I think we had to work on our shameless plugs and better integrating them into I think we need some kind of sound drops for shameless plug time. I I would call that a shameful plug, to be honest. I was ashamed. Uh, Anyway, moving on. This is where it starts to jump the shark a little bit. 77% want wearable technology to be integrated into their hotel stays. False. Again, we want to see the questions asked. Not, I want to use... VR when planning my hotel stays, but actually during their hotel stays. Can you say hotels again? I don't want to. It sounds like I probably <laughs> shouldn't do it anymore. In their hotel stays. It sounds like you're saying hostels. I Same don't. Thing. Yeah. yeah. It depends where you are. Anyway, moving on from there. Now, I want to dig into that one. Say it again, just for emphasis. 77% want wearable technology to be integrated into their hotel stays. I don't think 70% percent of people know what wearable technology is no i don't at all that's just i don't know so this is a very i don't know it's one of these very self-serving reports to me i think it's why pete caught at the infographic of bullshit yeah (laughs) the next one and there's only two in spanish sorry 87 percent want to use vr to explore hotels almost 90 percent of all people shopping for hotels expect to use vr in their shopping let process. Me, let, me, let me guess what that question was. <clears throat> hey, if I gave you a VR headset, would you put it on and look around <laughs> a hotel room? Okay. <laughs> or, or was the question, would you prefer to A, use VR to research a hotel, or B, get kicked in the balls? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, what? there's no way 90-something percent of people said that. 90% of people don't want to even try VR. Mm-hmm. Think about how many people are technophobic out there. There's no way that's an accurate stat. I completely agree. I think this is silly. Yep. And then the last one. Why are we? Um, why are even reading this? Giving them credibility. Yeah, but it's it gets it's us fun. all fired he, he up. Just it's wants fun. to make fun of them. So, and then lastly, seventy-three percent want in-room voice controls. I'm okay what with percent? that. Seventy-three. I think it's a little bit high, though. As people are getting ado- adopting Amazon Alexa and Google Home, I can see that number growing. But man, I can't see it having being more than. 20, 30%. Yeah. That what, what percent of people have that in their home right now? It's It can't be more than 20%, right? I yeah. don't know what the penetration is, but it's certainly not 70%. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say go check out the infographic. It has some you know, interesting points in it, and it links out to the Oracle data, which is you know much more lengthy. But in, in, in general, yeah. Eh. I'm just curious. Again, what's the question? <laughs> would you like to ask your hotel room to open the blinds? Sure, like whatever. It's something simple like that, yeah. If the room was hot and you couldn't press a button to change the temperature, <laughs> would you use your voice? <laughs> there you go. That That's was the question. More, on, more right? online. Yeah, I don't know. It's really interesting. But you know what they say, 974% of all stats are made up. So <laughs> it's quite a percentage. Yeah, it's pretty high. It's almost all of the percentages. <laughs> Is that is that Any, our, I mean, is that, that, that is all the news we have? I think that's all we can handle. Yeah, I think right we now. beat yeah. that one to death. Anyway. We don't like mean to be mean spirited, but I mean, come on. This the the problem I have with it, I think, is it's a reputable news resource, right? It's mm-hmm. putting out data that people are going to base their decisions on, without really backing up what the questions are. I think whenever you do a self-reported study, I think you've got to come out and give more information about what specific questions were asked and who the people were Mm -hmm. and things like that so that you can get a better context to it because i don't know i just i find myself rubbing my chin and questioning the authenticity of some of that data so that's the news wow i feel like that was kind of negative (laughs) so let's let's get it back positive 
Philip, right. let's talk about Pupuka. Pupuka or PPC. Yeah, and we got 10 items. 10 items. All right, so what's number 11111? All right, so just just a caveat. None of this is in order of importance, but they're all things you should be doing. So don't think we're like stepping up into something way more important or way less important. It's just things you should be doing. Right, and and these are, this is not an exhaustive list. Not right? at all. These are like 10 of the things that you should be doing, block and tackle, and... Obviously, there's a lot more. These are these are mainly like the common mistakes that I see when I take over an account. So I right. just kind of want to bring it to light. Yeah. So if, if you've just started managing a PPC account, or you just took your you know Google AdWords fundamentals certification, which if you haven't done that and you're managing PPC, you absolutely should. They they're, they're free now. You don't have to pay for them. The the study guides are all available. Just Google. Um, Google Analytics certification. You can get all the resources. AdWords certification. What did I say? Analytics. Mm-hmm. Um, Google AdWords certification. You can get all the resources, all the notes, and take the tests as many times as you want. And it passes, what, 80%? And you can take the test every day, literally. Like yeah. If you fail, you can't take it again the same day, but you can take it again the next day. You shouldn't fail. Use the use the study guides they provide. Oh, it's open mm-hmm. book as well. Yeah, right? so. yeah. They used to shut your screen down, make you pay for it. It was a rigmarole. Yeah, now it's I like pretty easy. Yeah, Melissa's so, not here. I have to use rigmarole at yeah. least once. <laughs> and you know, one of the other things I'd also add to to kind of your your list of you know qualifications is a lot of these things will have initially been set up just fine. But over time, you need to keep going back and checking these and working on them. They're n- it's not set and forget by any means. Oh, no. It's totally set and forget it. <laughs> you should absolutely never look at the data yep. and, and adjust. All right. Never be testing. That's what Melissa would say. <laughs> Someone's about to get kicked in the yeah. balls. <laughs> All right. So just the first, first one we'll cover right now is mon- constantly monitoring your search terms report. Uh, it's a nifty little report that uh, Google and Bing both offer. Uh, you select all your keywords, go to your search terms report, and it'll show you what queries people actually searched that triggered your ads. Um, basically, this will help you not waste money on keywords that aren't relevant to your hotel. Sometimes you'll have um, a, a similarly named hotel in a different city uh, that could be triggering your ads, and that's not ideal. You're going to be wasting money. so. Those type of things are what you're going to catch by looking through your search terms report. Which I, I, I think there's a lot of value to that too. Like seeing the actual keywords, there's a lot you can take from that, right? There's, there's what I mentioned of don't waste your money on stuff that's not relevant to you, but there's also opportunities you might be missing. So if you see your broad, broad keywords triggering you know, queries that you didn't, necessarily intend in the first place well then that gives you the opportunity to go add that as an exact match keyword into your exact campaigns and 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 target that directly probably for a lower cpc right because then if if you're exact matching a keyword your quality score is likely to be higher because you can create an, a campaign or an ad group that's going to land on a page that has that keyword on it you, you're going to have ad copy that maybe has that keyword in it your quality score goes up your cost per click typically goes down and you can maintain the same or a higher position for less money and you're going to make more money. Another beautiful thing the search terms report will tell you is some keywords that you're triggering your ads for that you might not want to be. So we see this a lot with hotels especially where it would be the hotel name and bed bugs and that happens a lot. And if someone's searching for bed bugs, they're probably not going to be a converter in the first place. Uh, that's probably a good negative keyword. I've, I've used it many, many times in the past with our hotel clients. Yeah, although, although, I mean, there is an approach, and I think, Pete, you did this with one of your clients that had where mm-hmm. the Google Suggest was coming out with bed bugs as the second or third suggest on Google, and you guys created a bunch of content. Yeah, we built a, a very lengthy page, really taking that 10x content and saying, this is what our hotel does when you know bed or so bed bugs are not an issue and we basically had our whole hygiene process the bug remediation process inspections and just putting that content together it was actually enlightening for me to see how far hotels actually go to prevent bed bugs and you know our hope there was is as people do that search they're going to land on this page and try to turn a, a negative connotation into something that shows that this property is very sanitary yeah, so that that monitoring your search terms report uh, beyond just PPC or Pupica, 
it can also help you on your content strategy and your SEO strategy, right? Because you can find things that, you know, PPC is great for just kind of dipping a toe in. If there's a keyword that you're trying to target or a group of keywords or a sentiment or an intent that you're trying to target um, and you think it can work, you can try it on PPC, see the actual keywords people are typing and landing and converting, and then go build out a ton of content around that on your site, which will earn you organic traffic from the same keywords. And maybe you don't have to keep spending money on it. For sure. So that was number one. All right, number two. Two, 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 two. So second, you want to add negative keywords. So going along the lines of what Phil was talking about with bed, bu- with bed bugs and hotels that may have a similar name to yours, but they could be in a different location. That's some stuff that you want to look at to make sure that you're not people aren't clicking on your ads and going to your hotel, but they're not actually looking for your hotel. Right. We see it all the time, um, especially in beach destinations. You might have a ton of hotels with dunes in the name of them, but they're in Myrtle Beach, they're in Florida, they're in Virginia Beach, they're in North Carolina. You just have to be real careful. If you have a if you have a hotel with a similar brand name to others, make sure you're really paying attention to what you're negative negative and keyword out. I don't it, even know how to say that properly. Negative negative using ne- the proper negative, negative, negative keywording out. <laughs> yeah, ne- there you go. Negative keywording out. I like that. That, that works better. Negative keyword outing. And yeah. if you don't think that your hotel has another hotel somewhere else in the world that has a similar name, you're probably not looking hard enough. Because or you have a weirdly named hotel. <clears throat> you might have a very unique name, but so often we see resort properties with things that inspire happiness and excitement and fun, you know, paradise, things like that. Mm-hmm. There's all there's going to be other properties with that name, even if you can't find them. I mean, a perfect example is we have a property with the term Monterey in their name. It's very important that someone looking for Monterey, California, or Monterey, Mexico. Yeah, there's several places there that. You know, we want to make sure you, if you're searching for that, you, you don't see our ad. And this is where the search terms report really comes in as well, is mm-hmm. finding those terms that people are looking for, but they don't, they're not, they don't go along the lines of what, of your hotel. So, I mean, you want to make sure. Yeah, you're you didn't, not, you didn't, you're, you're going to get a unintentional click that you're going to pay for uh, with someone who's definitely not looking to book with you. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the other part of that is you might find that certain types of customer are looking for you, but that maybe they've already purchased. They're looking for a service call, right? Someone looking for a checkout time. Or, or front so, desk is another one that I negative a lot because someone's looking for the phone number to reach the front desk. Right. Well, I don't want right. to make them pay for my ad to right. come in for that. Because you don't, you know, especially when it's brand related, because the reason you would bid on brand, and we've talked about this a lot on the show, is is it's a defensive mechanism against the OTAs, right, who, who are often bidding on you. So, But when they're looking for a specific thing like a phone number to call the front desk, you you don't need to worry about the OTAs cannibalizing that because people are going to scroll down and see the local results and use that phone number. So be, be smart. Like Try to look at every search query as an individual. Break it out into individual ad groups where it makes sense and measure the return for each individual grouping it, because you might find that there's certain keywords that there's just not an intent to purchase at that point that maybe you either reduce or completely negative keyword out those kind of campaigns. All right. Let's jump on to number three here, Um, using and testing extensions. I can't tell you how many PPC campaigns I've taken over in the past few years that aren't using extensions and definitely aren't using them properly. Seven. There's seven of them. That is a conservative number at the very least. (laughs) At a minimum. Uh, We're doing prices right. I couldn't go over. So. Eight. Eight. Yeah. Go like like 20. You're going to beat them all. All right. But using these extensions, now extensions are basically, um, they, they add to the typical ad copy that, that you normally get. Um, there's many different types of extensions out there that hotels can use, but just make sure you're using them, make sure you're using them properly. So, so number one that you can use is a call out extension. This is where you get to highlight the awards you've won or like differentiators that your property has. So if you're a um, certificate of excellence from TripAdvisor, go ahead and throw it in a call-out extension. Um, if you have something really special to your property, like a, like a great location nearby something, go ahead and throw that in a call-out extension. So they're not clickable, right? No, call-outs are not clickable. Oh, but it's, it's, it's an extension of 
So it's um, kind of like an attribute, like just saying right. something that's related to your product. Right, exactly. And in, in, in this, like I said, if you if you ever won an award for being an awesome hotel, this is the perfect place to put it in your PPC ad. Um, they, they end up giving you a little more real estate on the search result page too, because if you don't have a call out ad, it's not. I mean, obviously not showing. If you do have a, if you do have call out extensions, then you're going to take up a lot more real estate. Yeah, well, give them the the example we were looking at. Last week or two, we looked at a, an extended stay property, mm-hmm. and they were using call-out extensions, but they had the same call-out extension For across everybody. every campaign, right? right. And, and they extended stay is a different kind of animal, but this is a good example of how um, call-out extensions can can actually hurt you if you're not thinking right. about it the so, right way. Thank you. Make sure you tailor those call-out extensions to the ad group you're running them with. Um, in, the, in the case of an extended stay, um, Maybe the person staying for a week or so on a family vacation doesn't want to see the same thing as a person who wants to stay for a month. They're interested in different attributes. I, right. I mean, so I the example. Tell you want me to go in on that? Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I think it's okay. Cause we're not going to say the client, but the, the example that you pointed out to me was they had um, no credit check, right? Mm-hmm. And w- was the thing, which makes sense for a lot of extended stay because. You, you know, you're low, typically targeting lower income people. And if you're targeting someone that's looking for, you know, apartment alternatives or they're going to stay there for a few months, saying that there's not a credit check makes sense in, in a call out. But then if you're an extended stay that's also trying to reach vacation travelers that maybe are looking for, for a full kitchen, saying something like no credit check could be negative because they'd oh, be like, turn Whoa, in a wait, why would I even <clears throat> think about needing a credit? Like it just, it puts a negative um, question into their head, an unnecessary question. So why would you say that instead of something like close to the beach or mm-hmm. whatever it is that people come to vacation in that destination for? So yeah, be, be very critically, critically think about what call outs you need for each ad group. And don't, don't cookie cutter them. Like Stuart just said, tailor which call outs you're using to the intent, searcher's intent. So whatever that ad group is you're targeting, whatever that demographic is you're targeting within that ad group, make sure you call tailor those call-outs to it. And similarly, that goes right along with the structured snippet extension. This is where you get to list your amenities. Um, you don't have to waste your ad copy on amenity-driven copy. You can, you can put it right in the stru- structured snippet extension where they give you all the room in the world to list out all the amenities that you have. Um, this is this is this is perfect. This is another one. It's not clickable. It just takes up a lot more real estate, and it gets you to show the searcher what's available at your property. But again, these need to be tailored towards searcher intent. Right. So really, try to think for every ad group, every campaign, and every ad group. The people that I'm trying to attract, where are they in the buying cycle? Who are they? What are their motivators? What are their objections? What are the questions they have? And try to write the, the ad in a way and look at the ad, not just as the headline and the ad copy, but also these, these call out extensions and amenity extensions. And if it's one big piece, right? So if you can try to eliminate those questions, answer the questions all at once, your click through rate is gonna go up. And guess what? When your click through rate goes up, your position relative ranking is going to increase regardless of your cost that you're bidding. So again, this is a way for you to spend more efficiently and get a higher place for less CPC and make a better ROI if you're doing that. Absolutely. Sorry. and Roy. <laughs> Stop it. All right. Next one is the site link extension. And this is what most searchers are familiar with. These are the clickable links. They'll show up underneath your typical ad and they can take people to a desired page on the site. So using a book now site link and taking someone directly into your booking engine, if that's available, is fantastic. They're already at the end of their their cycle. They've searched your brand name. They're ready to buy. You give them a link to book now and you take them as far down the funnel as you can, you're going to get that booking most of the time. Yeah, or check rates and availability. Right, check check availability is another good one. We'll go over this later, but test this stuff. Um, Another one, another extension they have is the promotion extension. This is a little secret here for you people who might not be using the new AdWords interface yet. This is only available within the new AdWords interface. 
So go ahead and click on your little wrench in the top right, go to the new AdWords, and you can check out these cool promotion extensions. Um, this is where you can say things like 30% off, and then you send the user directly from that promotion extension into your specials page, or they can get your 30% off special and book. It, it, it looks like it's some kind of exclusive offer or special offer. Yeah, that could be really cool, especially if you're, you're targeting specific groups of people. So think about this. If you're a teacher or, or a veteran or you know active military, something like that, you might actively search for hotels with discounts for teachers or first responders or whatever mm -hmm. it is. So if you are going to show up for those kind of um, search keywords with ad copy that's relevant, and then you have an ad extension, a coupon extension, a promotion extension, yep. sorry, there that says 30% discount for from active military, active military or whatever. You've just cleaned up. Right yeah, there. that's personalized to the T. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, and th there's a bunch of extensions. I'll just cover one more because it's important. But the call extension is awesome, especially because you can, if you can track, if you have proper phone tracking in place, and you can have a dedicated phone number where someone calls it, and you know it came from this PPC ad, and you can track the revenue from it. These are, I mean, I mean, you're going to get so many bookings through through. A, proper call tracking and proper call extensions it's so it's so important one to make sure that you're using call extensions because it gives the opportunity to for someone just to pick up the phone and call it could obviously save you down the road in terms of a, of a click but if you're tracking it properly when you visit go from the ppc campaign into your website make sure that that phone number also follows through so you can properly attribute it back to the campaign that actually earned that conversion at yeah. point Pete. yeah for sure and, you know, I don't know if you guys were aware of this or not, but there's these things that people carry with them now called mobile phones. Yeah, I heard about these things. And um, I, I heard that the Googles now say that more people are doing searches on their mobile phones than they are on their desktops, right? So this this mobile thing, then I need to look into it. I'm not really that familiar with it. <laughs> but um, apparently a lot, of, thick today. A, lot of, a lot of people use these things. And, and the, these supercomputers that are in their pockets also allow them to make communication through the magic of telephony which requires a phone number so having these phone numbers in your ad when someone's on that mobile device allows that person to magically connect to your reservationist which and we is all know pretty, there are some people out there who would rather call than, yeah of than course click. there's always going to be some it's, it's convenient you know especially if you uh target an older demographic we we've seen mm -hmm. this be you know it perform way better than even online conversions it's it's nuts and there's one thing with this extensions in general is they don't cost anything more to do and it helps you own the PPC space on the SERP. Right. It takes up so much more real estate when you use these, when you use all of the extensions available to you. Now they might not show them all. Um, it's just because you put it in doesn't mean Google's going to use it, but uh, we highly recommend using as many as you possibly can and, and, and tracking them and testing them. Yeah, and then if you're going to use them, making sure that you're bidding at an appropriate level so that you're, you're high en ranking high enough in the auction to, to actually show Right. Because if you're below second or third place, you're probably not going to show any of these extensions right. unless you're first or second. So, But that's, to, to close up extensions, um, also make sure you're testing them, especially the, the text-based extensions where... You know, you're you're listing your amenities, or or you're you know listing the awards your hotels won. See how they perform. Try out new ones when you have, you know, you, you see if there are some that aren't performing as well as others. Pause them. Try some new stuff. Don't don't set it and forget it on these either. All right, number number four. Test your ad copy. So. As you go and as your um, ads are running and everything, I mean, you want to make sure that your copy is staying fresh and that you're optimizing correctly with the right keywords that you want to optimize for. Um, so regularly testing your ad copy is a great way to make sure that you're always getting that click-through rate that you want and that you're getting those bookings that you're looking for. Right. We always look at, at ad copy in terms of click-through rate because that's the in my opinion, the best way to judge whether an ad is effective or not. Um, are you targeting the proper keywords? And then once they see your ad, are they clicking? Uh, if they're clicking, that means you're doing something right. 
So the higher the click-through rate, the more enticing that ad is that you're running. Now, obviously, you need to make sure that they're converting on that too. But that can be multiple options. But let's let's just stick with click-through rate is is the is the KPI for ad copy. So you know, regularly you want to go look at all your ad copy, and it's easier easier to do at an ad group level. Look at all your ad copy, see what your lowest click-through rate is, pause that ad, and try something new. Yeah, and this is another way, going back to the first one about looking at the actual keywords people are searching. It, it doesn't hurt to break more keywords out and try different ad copy, you know, because you might be, you know, modified broad matching on your brand and your destination, but then you, you might find that some people are searching you know, with caveats, you know, to like, they want to see reviews for the property or photos for the property or something like that. So then having copy in the ad that reflects the, the keyword again, helps your quality score, but is more importantly going to reinforce the searcher intent, which is going to lead to a higher click through rate and a higher conversion rate if you deliver on the promise of the ad. And that's the other thing I, I want to make sure people realize is whatever you're saying in the ad, you want to you know, get them to a place on the site that's relevant and, and reinforces yeah, that you message better as well. Yeah. Um, and when you're when you're testing ad, test different ad formats. Um, Jeremy, what have been we've been seeing success with lately? Usually, adding stuff like official site or book through such and such, like the hotel name. I mean, mm-hmm. that that really work. I mean, that's been working as. From what we've yeah, noticed. We've, we've seen a lot of success with official site. We've seen a lot of success with um, countdown ad copy. You can put little uh, you know, dynamic parameters in there that'll change and say, you know, there's three days left in this sale. There's two days left in this sale. You don't have to touch it. You just put the little parameter in there and say how much time's left. We've seen those kill it. It has yeah. that urgency. Yeah, mm-hmm. anytime you can use psychology like that to, to in, you know, influence someone's decision, I think that's great. It's really cool. And you can also do the dynamic keyword insertion stuff Dynamic as well. keyword insertion is another one where, where, where can... it'll grab the query that was searched and insert it into the ad. Um, th- that's fairly easy to do, but you run into character limits and, and things along those lines when, when, you, when you start creating dynamic keyword insertion there. Yeah, and I, I kind of relate the ad copy to... We've talked on the show before about um, how important your... Uh, meta descriptions are on your site right because it's it's the thing people see you know and we've talked here about the uh, all the extensions you can add and expanding the real estate that your ad is, is using on the search engine results page but at the end of the day the thing that's going to make them click or not more than anything else the biggest influencing factor is this ad copy so you're not really just looking at you know writing an ad, you're looking at how can I persuade someone? How can I reassure someone? How can I convince them to do what I need them to do right now? Or what would be in their interest to do right now, which is book a hotel with me. So you gotta be creative with the, the ad copy. And and just just test it regularly. Once you start getting things in the, you know, twenty percent click through rate, you know you're doing something right, and then you just start small tweaks from there. But let's move on. Let's go on to landing pages. What number so is this? This was this would be number five. We're halfway five, through. Five five five. five, 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 five. Landing pages are are pretty key. I mean, most people and and the majority of the again the majority of the PPC campaigns we take over are sending people directly to the homepage, which can be effective. Don't get me wrong, we see that work a lot. Yeah, but for if generic you, kind of keywords that you really just make it an intro, you're there's a good chance your homepage is probably the best page that shows your web, your site or your property for someone that's not familiar with it. Right. right. So a lot the, of the times the homepage is the proper page to send them to. So when we're talking about landing page testing, I'm more talking about in terms of if you're promoting a specific special, test the landing page, the, the specials page versus the homepage. See where you're going to get a better conversion rate. If you're having campaigns for certain events happening around your area, like we have the Carolina Country Music Fest here, I want a Carolina Country Music Fest landing page on my site so that person can visit me, see who's all coming, and see what rooms are available for them that weekend. Um, th- those things that are very tailored towards, again, searcher intent, are, are, are going to convert way better than, than a homepage 
a lot of the time. Right. These, these, these non-brand type campaigns. Yeah, vicinity keywords are another thing. So if, if someone's searching hotels near this attraction, right? Mm-hmm. So hotels near Wonderworks. Send them to a page that talks about your property but also says it's only a five-minute walk from Wonderworks, right? So reinforce, again, the intent. They, they, they've indicated to you that they want to stay somewhere near Wonderworks. So when you get to a landing page, reassure them that your property is right near there. Wonderworks. Exactly. And then the, the best part about all this, well, I guess I shouldn't say the best part, but another little, uh, another little uh, positive towards dedicated landing pages is lowering or increasing your quality score and lowering your cost per click. So when your keyword matches what's in your ad copy and both of those things match what's on the landing page, you're going to get a better quality score, which means a lower cost per click and a higher average position for you. So these are infinitely important when you're running PPC. Agreed, sir. All right. Number six, 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 six. Monitor performance by device. So in AdWords, you can look at you know how your ads are doing by device, so by mobile, by desktop. And depending on how well those ads are doing, it's you know a good idea to take a look at how you can adjust your bids for certain devices that are working, certain devices that might not be working. Right, right. So under the settings, you can kind of view um, performance by device. I look, I like to look at it on an ad group level, um, but you can see, you know, what what certain campaigns, like an in market campaign, um, are are they getting more mobile conversions? If they are, you can set a bid adjustment to increase if someone's coming from a mobile device. Uh, conversely, if you are seeing a ton of traffic and you're spending a lot of money on people coming from a mobile device but you get no bookings from a mobile device well then you'd set you decrease your bid adjustment from people coming from mobile device so set yourself up for success there or you'd get a good booking engine that was my very next point that's my very next point Uh, if you're not getting mobile bookings then you need to really consider your booking engine and how the experience is from from uh, search to site to booking the, the entire way through on a mobile device. Hey, well, that just applies to the landing page in general also. You know, it, it may, the booking engine might be fine, but if you're taking that mobile user and dropping them on a page that is not ideal for mobile, you, know, you have a bottleneck there to mm-hmm. fix as well. Hey, Pete, if yep. someone wanted a booking engine that was really mobile friendly and like actually resided in the website so the URL was the same and look and feel was exactly the same, but it just really did well, I don't, even want, mobile. I don't want to do this. Do you have, do you have any, any idea where they should look? I would look to a product called Guest Desk, which is the booking engine of the future. <laughs> and the present. <laughs> and the past. It's, it's, it's the Christmas Carol yeah. booking engine. Okay. Um, Tiny Tim? Yeah. In shameless plug. Yeah, shameful. We go for shameful, shameful plugs. plugs. Shaming these plugs. Yeah. I don't know. You know, we never do actually talk about, I mean, that's probably why people listen to us, right? But we never really talk about what fuel really does, you know? Yeah. That's very occasionally we'll sprinkle in. We kind of need like an extras podcast. That's not like just a regular Straight meat and potatoes that we deliver, podcast. but just what is fuel, what we do. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, I guess they could go to our website and see that, but hey. Fueltravel.com. Yeah. Hey, Stuart. Yeah. What website could they go to to find out more about this company you're talking about? And Go- is it mobile friendly? Google. Or uh. <laughs> <laughs> fieldtravel.com. All right. Where All are we right. at? We're on number seven. Seven, 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 seven. So, monitoring your keyword bids. This is another one that I notice when I take over new accounts that it looks like no one's looked at these bids in a while because they're being outbid by their competitors. So, keep in mind that you're not the only one running on your keyword set. OTAs are running against you, uh, hotels with similar names and other areas that aren't doing their negative keywords properly, probably running against you. Um, monitoring the bids, making sure that you are in at least the top four positions on a Google search for your for a brand name or whatever your keyword set you're running on. Just make sure your competitors aren't beating you for your top performing campaigns. And it's a bit cat and mouse because the, your competitors are going to be like the OTAs are going to be monitoring it, and they're going to try to maintain a specific position. 
and because they know the math and, and then they've got sophisticated algorithms that will tell them what math works for them and, and there're more and more OTAs out there now that are willing to bid on your brand name any any OTA that you're you're paying to help you you know put heads in beds they're they're probably going to run PPC ads against you as well so right. just make sure you're you're at least competing you don't always have to be outranking them but at least compete in the top four don't be beat yeah. by them and i would say probably two or three yeah top you, two or you three. probably want to be but, at the top. you know you're seeing the return is so high that not only are the otas bidding on those but also secondary market otas are so the ota like a booking.com will syndicate your inventory out to another third party and split that revenue so maybe you're giving i don't know 15 20 percent to Booking.com, they're splitting that with someone else. And that someone else that at most is getting 10% of the revenue is still making a profit running PPC. So that tells you that if it's done right, you're guaranteed on brand keywords to make at least a minimum of a 10 to 1 return. And, and on non-brand as well. Uh, if, you, if you do really well for a specific event or a specific attraction in your area, Make sure you don't get beat out by others if that's what's driving your booking. So just just constantly monitoring your bids, making sure that you're you're in a preferably one to two average position, but at least the top four. Number eight, 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 eight. Hey, before we go to eight, seven, 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 seven. Three, one, seven. Something really interesting came up that we found with one client where monitoring your keyboard word bids and monitoring your overall bid even though google says that you might be maxing out if you're trying to own a keyword you may actually not be right and, and this that, is something that was we didn't know about really that, that goes that that also goes towards um the when, when google tells you you're limited by budget you can probably go a lot higher than they're suggesting what google's offering you right there is a conservative bid saying mm-hmm. you're you're falling behind your impression share is too low for what you want to be running on and they'll give you a suggestion you can bump it up x amount of dollars realistically you can bump it up way further than that what what google's showing you is conservative and and, and the same goes for bids if you're if it says you know bid to first page is x amount of dollars you might need to be bidding a couple of dollars more than that to be at the top of the first page within this first four positions. So that's Knowing when that Google's going to right. only charge you a little bit more than a penny more. Yeah. So that's it's 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 really important to monitor the keyword bids, monitor your daily budgets, and and stay competitive in PPC. This is not set it and forget it. Eight 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 eight. Can we do that now? Yeah. Okay. Eight eight eight. Number eight, use remarketing lists. Ooh, I like this one. So you've been collecting all those emails from past guests, and now is the time to use them um, to target those past guests that you know had a good time at your hotel or your property and getting them to come back and tailoring keywords and ad copy to those past guests. Yeah, using using like a welcome back in your ad copy it might seem a little creepy to some, yeah. but it's stay really again, effective. Yeah, yeah, stay again, something like that is it can, it can be really effective. So knowing who you're targeting and tailoring the ad copy to them is important. And not only email lists, right? I mean, you can you can create a website visitor lists and or specific pages, specific pages, right. or mm-hmm. or exclude people who've already booked. I mean, you can create many many different remarketing lists. Yeah. Another cool part about this is you get to leverage Google's massive amount of data they collected on all of us through our Gmail accounts and other, you know, just just using Google in general. They they know a lot about us, so you can create lookalike audiences through their data. So they'll they'll by using all the stuff they have on us, they'll see someone. Hey, maybe Jeremy and I are really similar and we share a lot of interests. Well, maybe he's given you his email address in the past, or maybe he's visited your website in the past. If I'm, if Google sees me as similar, they're going to serve me an ad just the same, and that can be super effective as well. It's a great way of building newer guests. Right. Yeah, right. it's definitely a way to reach people higher in the funnel, or, or you know, like you said, new guests that maybe have a better lifetime value. But I, one of the things I like about this is it opens up the opportunity to spend money on stuff. On, on keywords that may be unviable typically, right? So, so if you're an individual property in a like Austin, Texas, right? There's a lot of hotels there. 
and you would probably never be successful, at least from an ROI perspective, running an ad on a keyword like Austin Hotels, you know, if you're a single property. Mm-hmm. But because because the intent is not the intent of that person searching Austin Hotels is one that's saying I want to I haven't made a decision yet. I'm looking for multiple opportunities. But if you know that this person has stayed with you before, or if you know that this person has recently visited your booking engine in search all the way through and didn't make a booking, maybe now that's someone that even when they search for a keyword like Austin Hotels, you want to bid a little more and get in front of them. But only them. You don't want the other people that you don't know anything about them. So I think it gets very tactical. But I think it can be very effective at opening up new opportunities, especially where, like you said, you'd be blowing money left and right if you're mm-hmm. running running on Austin hotels sometimes, especially if you're a little independent property. But the person who's seen you before and is a little familiar with you is much more likely to book. We've seen it happen time and time again. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think with with everything that really Google offers from a PPC perspective, it's designed to give you the best possible click rate and best performance overall. So you got to take more of that holistic approach of saying okay, I'm going after these customers, not just this keyword, and you're going to do so much better. Yeah, so think about it this way. We're working on, on a project right now tying together our email um, engagement and in, in website behavior together to profile people to then automatically syndicate out to remarketing lists for, for search ads. So think about, I know that this person has received an email with a specific special and they clicked on that and they went to the website and looked at it. Now, whatever they go and search on Google, I could theoretically target that person with a reinforcement message of the same exact deal that they just received an email on, on Google as well. You know, so that that becomes really, really powerful at you know, trying to target the individual versus this blanket spray and pray approach. Speaking of spray and pray, don't do that. Leads us into number nine. So use your Google Analytics hey, data. Fun fact. What's up? Did you know that in England, to call the police, it's not 911. It's 999. Do you know that? I didn't know that. Mm. So if you're ever in England and you need a policeman or a police person or a fire person or ambulance and you dial 911, I don't, you're not going to get them. I'm glad I know that mm-hmm. now because mm. I would have dialed 911 and probably died. Maybe so. Thanks, Stuart. I don't know what happens when you dial 911. And and to be fair, I haven't lived there 17 years. They may have changed it. But, yeah, growing up, it was always 999. Hey, fun fact, everybody. Hey, Mm -hmm. if you don't give a crap about PPC, at least you learned something, right? (laughs) (laughs) 999999. Yeah, because there used to be a joke when I was a kid. It was, what, what happens when you call 666? And this was before people were all up in arms about the number of the beast and stuff. But what happens when you call 666? No, you get a, a policeman standing on his head. <laughs> All right, that's like a joke. Wow. It was that's a kid joke. I, I specifically said it was a kid joke. Yeah. Nine, 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 just nine, nine, dumb nine. British joke. All right, no, no, no. So understand your geographic targeting. Use Google Analytics. Use AdWords. They provide you the data of where your searchers are coming from. Understand who these people are and where they're from. Uh, it, it, it'll prevent you from spending money where you shouldn't be. And making bid adjustments where you should be. Uh, if you have the same people, like we, we're, in a, we're in a vacation market. A lot of people drive here on the weekends. We know that. And we will set bid adjustments based on that. So our, our biggest markets are South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, and we will set bid adjustments accordingly to make sure we are reaching those people with our ads as much as we possibly can. Um, if, if we didn't do that, we could be, you know, people searching from California who are never going to book to come here on a weekend stay, uh, because maybe our, maybe our property, maybe we missed a negative keyword and our property name is showing for something in California, but make sure that you understand where your geographic targeting is coming from. And, and once you understand that, like I said, set bid adjustments accordingly. Another thing you can try is using in-market audiences. So essentially what in-market an audience is, is Google understands where someone is searching from if they provide their location and now they're in your market. So if someone's in your market and they're searching for a hotel and you're a hotel, that in-market audience will get served your ad if you're using in-market targeting. 
this can be real effective for um, a hotels near me type search. Um, this that that's it, and it's not like a normal remarketing list where you have to wait for someone to visit your site or you have to provide them with an email list. Like Google already has this information. They Google understands they're in your market and will serve ads to them. So make sure you're using that. And lastly, don't be afraid to run your brand in a broad area. But this is, again, closely monitor your search terms. If you have a unique brand name, don't be afraid to target the whole United States because you don't know where people are, are, are traveling from or the, you know, the world. But if, if someone searches your specific brand name, they probably want to stay with you. Uh, there, so don't, don't limit yourself to a certain geographic area for, for those type of people. Yeah. I think people can get too restrictive and, and the one thing to consider, right? So say you're, you're in, you know, Wyoming and you get very few people from Europe. Well, if someone is searching for your brand name from Europe and you're not allowing them to see your ad, think about it this way. That person that's coming all the way from Europe is probably not coming to stay for one night, right? They're probably a much bigger purchase, it, which means it, it's definitely worth getting in front of those people because even though the conversion rate's probably going to be lower, the revenue you'll get from them will be so high that if they did book, that the ROI is going to be phenomenal. It'd be incredible, and don't like the Stuart, Stuart mentioned. Don't don't leave those people in the dust. That's they're they're going to spend a lot of money with you. But this is where you need to closely monitor that search terms report. Make sure you're not spending money where you shouldn't be. Us Europeans are humans, too. Mm, barely. Mm, questionable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, number 10. Number 10. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Look at your opportunities. So there's a little thing that both AdWords and Bing offers, which is called opportunities, which can provide great insight into your performance on for sending out your um, ads and keywords. Yeah, they give you suggestions to say, hey, you know, we think you could make X amount more conversions if you started running this keyword. That, those are the type of thing. Or, hey, um, you have a really broad ad group. If you split the keywords within that ad group out into separate ad groups, you might get a better quality score. So they do offer really great insight a lot of times within right. the opportunities tab. But a lot of times it's garbage. Yeah, too. you got to right. keep in mind that this is AI, right? This is AI doing yeah. this. This isn't people studying your data. So there's going to be false positives. So you've got to discern whether or not it's garbage and, and you know mm -hmm. use your judgment. Never it, never click accept all. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> a lot of times do they'll that. do that from a, a keyword perspective. You should add these 750 keywords to your campaign. Mm -hmm. Right. If you hit add all, you've got... You're going to be spending yeah. money where yeah. you don't want to be. Yeah. And I think one of the key things to remember there is, you know, Google's looking for opportunities for you to improve your performance, but they're also looking for ways for you to improve their your spend with Google. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. They're in business to make money. Right. Oh, they're going to feed you a lot of broad keywords that probably yes, they won't will. make sense. So just be be very careful. Be very yeah. careful what you do with opportunity, And also keep an eye on AdWords because they start implementing these opportunities on their own if you don't say don't do this yeah. and they'll let you know it's coming sneaky but, but they're they're being <laughs> they're being pretty sneaky and you'll, you'll catch it you'll catch it in your accounts it's like oh this was automatically added by adwords based on opportunities and if you see that really look into its performance but you're probably going to want to pause it uh but it, it's it's a really cool feature they have just be real careful using it that's neat. So that that's ten. I, I would add an eleventh, which is connect your AdWords and your Google Analytics together. I, I mean, I, okay, if you want to go that basic, we can <laughs> start from the beginning. <laughs> but that that that's important today more than ever, right? With this third party cook tracking, oh, yeah. third party cookie tracking issues. If you don't do that, you're going to lose some data and insight, and so. Just make sure you're letting the data drive your decisions, as always, as we always say. Test everything. Every new ad extension that comes out, every new time they change something, test it. There's often an opportunity to get in at the ground floor and, and benefit from it. That magical arbitrage that we talk about all the time. I like this episode. It was very tactile. It gives people something. Yeah, we, we haven't really done it. something this, you know, real tangible in a, mm -hmm. in a while because we, well, sort of, but no, I, I, I like this one. You're, You're welcome. welcome. Thanks, Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Thanks Phil. Philip. And 
and you also did a lot of the notes as well. So if you go, yeah, I'm gonna and turn grab this into the, a blog post for you all. Right. If you so look at the blog post, but then also look at the show notes, has the specific ten things that you need to be focused on. Yeah. Print those out. Email them to you know, whoever's doing PPC your, guys, your PPC. and just make sure that you're staying on top of this on an ongoing basis. Yeah, so you can get those notes at fueltravel.com slash podcast. Click on episode 86. And, you know, this is complicated. I mean, this really is. I mean, it's we talk to our clients when we're, we're talking to people. It, it, it's, you know, it is a science. It's a complex math algorithm at the end of the day. But it, it requires a lot of thought, a lot of strategic and tactical thought. And you've got to invest the time in it. And you've got to invest not just the time in managing it, but the time in educating yourself on it. And not everyone's going to have time for that. So, you know, if if this is something you don't want to do on your own, then reach out to folks that, that do this every day for, for their clients. Fuel will gladly give you a free evaluation. If you want us to look at your account, we can, we can pop right in there. You can give us your account ID. We request access. You grant it. We can take a look and we'll, for free of charge, absolutely no obligation, give you some, some tangible advice and just recommendations in what direction to go. It, you know. Anyone that works with us would know we're not hard sell kind of people, so we're not going to say, hey, we'll get in there and then you need to pay us a million dollars to manage the account. That's not who we are. But, you know, we genuinely like to help people. So if you're struggling with PPC, for us, it's, I mean, I think all of us, when we did the top 10 ways to spend money to drive direct bookings, I think PPC was in everyone's <laughs> I had it on twice. I had yeah. brand PPC, I had non-brand PPC. That's right. <laughs> so it's certainly one of the most important things you can be doing. Um, and, and if you're not doing it well, it's it's a wasted opportunity. So we're here, happy to help if we can. Hopefully this episode helped. But if you still need an additional hand, then, then just hit us up, info at fueltravel.com. We'll go to the website, fueltravel.com, and fill out one of the contacts uh, forms on there. Yeah, I love looking at this stuff. I love giving recommendations, so send it my way. You're such a dork. <laughs> I don't care. I, I dig PPC. This is, my, this is my fun time. This is your jam? It's my jam. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, uh, we're going to wrap it up this week. So thank you for listening. Again, if you want to weigh in on the, the debate as to whether or not the, the, the malarkey, the tomfoolery, and the shenanigans should continue, um, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter at Fuel Travel. We'd love to hear from you. Someone recently put that they uh, – I I man, I should have looked it up. But they, uh, they said that they, when they first started listening, the first episode, the first 10 minutes was us rambling. And they were like not sure about it, but now it's the reason they keep coming back. And then they also put three B icons, like emoji bees, yeah. at the end of it. So they like B news. Well, I hope Clearly. they give more good B news soon. I'm on do you so. have any updates on the bees? No updates right now. But oh, we'll have tight lipped. Tight lipped. So I don't want to let all the other. <laughs> don't want to let the bees out, out of the bag. Yes. Some big things coming. So. so are we optimistic? Or yeah, I am. I'm looking for some new swarm opportunities that I can <laughs> collect and put into my apiary. But until that point, I can't say anything else. There might be a lot of competitive apiaries. Okay. Is, is there like a, a like a, a dating app for bee apiaries? Not like no, to date, but to find uh, new hives? and. There's Facebook like. groups, and then each area typically, like Horry County has what's called the Blackwater Beekeepers Association. Isn't that BuzzFeed? But uh, <laughs> the problem is, it's so, so, so bad. <laughs> Man. But anyway, the problem is, a lot of times beekeepers are just, you know, old people. Like they don't, you? Like, no, Gray? Old, so. <laughs> but, you know, but a lot of times, they, like, their, the Facebook page is not updated. So, like, you ask a question, hey, I need help, and nobody responds. Yeah, because so. it's on the oh. internet. Yeah. So are you probably the youngest apiarist in Horry County? I assume that I am. You better be. Yeah. <laughs> But well, te- technically, my bees are all dead, so so you're not really even an apiarist <laughs> yeah. right now. All right, all right, well, just anyway, l- just like if you, uh, if you Pete's have, bees, we killed this episode. Yeah. If you have bees or questions, they can find me at on Twitter at p dimeo p d i m a i o. And if you tell me where I can find bees, I will gladly put on my bee suit. He'll come get your bees and get your bees. <laughs> oh, Pete, yeah. t- tell them this is a factoid that I was not aware of about the males and the females. So the, wind, the ones that have stingers. Oh, only females have stingers. Male bees, which are the drones, stay in the hive, and they do not have stingers. Is that weird? So if you ever, re- I mean, really, if you've ever seen a bee, you've probably only seen 
Unless you've looked inside a hive, right. you've never seen if a If you've a ever male been bee. stung by a bee, you've only been stung by a female bee. Man. Well, think about it. Let's say you were a bee. <laughs> okay. We were so close so, to finishing this episode. Stop. And you had a stinger. Yeah. And you're in a hive with all these other bees. They'd be stinging each other left and right. I don't know, isn't it? I mean, I think you don't like, just bump just, into a stinger and... Wow, you right? may like it, back up and all of a sudden you both stung each other. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Pete. No problem. <laughs> hey, Jeremy, where can I find you on interwebs? JeremyRazug.tumblr.com. Do you keep any insects? Just out of curiosity? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. No? You never considered it? No. Okay. <laughs> my, my kids have an a ant farm. They yeah, just that's like it. the popular mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. I think they're almost all dead now, though. We've had it like three weeks, and they're almost all dead. And there's just rotten apple pieces in, in the ant farm. That's disgusting. But they did make some really cool tunnels in the sand stuff that's at the bottom. It's pretty neat. Just pour molten aluminum in there. <laughs> that is amazing. I know. That's a cool yeah, it's, sculpture. It's, mm, yeah. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> hey, Phil, where can they find you on the web? You can find me on Twitter at pforiska, P-F-O-R-I-S-K-A. And you can find me at Stuart Butler. You can also find me at my house watching Star Wars this weekend. And you can find us collectively on Twitter at Fuel Travel. You can get the notes to this podcast at fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 86. And Phil, you're going to have a podcast, uh, an actual blog fleshed out blog post on this as well at yes. some point. Right now it's just an outline, but I'll throw something together for all you. All right, and we'll link to that as well. Loyal the listeners notes. out there. The loyal listeners who love the malarkey and the shenanigans <laughs> and the tomfoolery. Until next time, may the force be with you. Jaja. It is decided. Yes. Project Alderaan. Yeah, yeah, yeah.